Let's get this bitch started. I said we got this. Flow stupid, yet the rhyme's so brilliant. Never could you bring the kid down, I'm too resilient. And fuck them biting ass niggas who be stealing. Y'all niggas copy my style like a chameleon. I'm a Brazilian, that's one in a million. Too high for ceilings, it's how I am feeling. What the blood clot? How did all these nug rocks have me looking dumb hot with my eyes all bloodshot? Now that's a mugshot in the making. No need for Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of the no Hip Hop Heads Podcast HQ. Up in this bitch. Yes, sir, yes, sir. We back with another episode, and this week we finally hitting y'all with the album review. Like the father that said he would come and visit. We finally showed up four weeks later, all right? No bull. Um, sorry about that, but you know, niggas is nigging. Um, niggas is nigging, and life is life in. Yeah, right? it so, really is. And you know what I mean? The, the, the longer we've been at this, the, the harder I've realized it actually is to do album reviews. Oh, yeah. And it, 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 it's so easy to just be like, yo, let's just do a regular show this week. Because, <laughs> tr- look, listen, man, for, for, for anybody out there listening, man, for those of y'all that specifically listen to music for leisure and not as a fucking analysis, you know what I mean? Not analyzing it to yeah. like, a, you know, to try to come up with things to say about it. Trust me, it is not the same thing. You know what I mean? And it's I'm sure my co-hosts over there will tell y'all it is not the same thing. It's not, especially when you have, like I said before, I think I said it a couple weeks ago, like this this set of of albums that we're reviewing. Mm-hmm. are some of the most lyrically dense rappers. Yeah. And it just takes forever to go through their shit. For sure. And it's just like, yes, we've all we've heard these albums before. Yes, we like them. But now like you said, when you have to go through and analyze it and break it down and like, you know, just examine it with a fine-tooth comb, it makes it into a job. Oh yeah, no, 100%. And as we say on the show all the time, you know, we we both have our full-time jobs, you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. And it's uh and we have lives. definitely something and we have lives and you know, allegedly <laughs> and you know, it's it, it's something you have to set aside time for and again, I'm not saying that we don't want to or, or that we don't, but you know, sometimes shit happens and uh you know, things get delayed and hence, you know, our our last album review was like at least 2 months ago now probably. Yeah, for real. So, but we are back and uh, we should be back to our regular routine as far as album reviews go. Um, allegedly, this, we hope. Allegedly, we hope. Uh, <laughs> sprinkling allegedly all over everything I'm saying right now. <laughs> like but, hot uh, sauce. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Glob that shit on there. <laughs> Whole entire dollops. No I think that's the right word. Dollops. Dollops. Dollops, yeah. dollops of allegedly. But oh, anyways. Um, but this week, man, we doing uh, one of my picks for the uh, album review and that is the documentary by the game now before the game was out here on social media being a 40 plus year old man wilding like he's 19 or even younger than that talking shit putting (laughs) dick prints up talking like like dirty talk like what's that shit called when you talk about like girls you had sex with kissing and telling kissing and telling And all kinds of what before he was a lame ass nigga. Like if we're being honest, like Game was one of the greatest rappers, right? At least of modern time, as far as lyrical ability and all that things go, right? But as far as his personality, like, I think we could all agree that Game, the 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 image. But you know what's funny, right? I say all this to say that I've seen an interview with him that, like, I guess maybe he like wasn't trying to be like this cool guy that he tries to be, mm-hmm. and he was just being himself. And I feel like that was a pretty, like, he seemed pretty likable on that joint. You know what I mean? Like, he seemed like, and, and to be honest, right, I don't know about y'all, but I feel like that plays a big part and rather I like an artist's music is if the if the artist is likable. Particularly now when we have so much access to their lives and, you know, things like that. So, I don't know. But nonetheless, I don't know if you want to say something. About oh, no, nah, I was going to say this was one of the most gangster niggas Back in the day, and like you yeah. said, with with his online personality, with like the model pics and the dick print pics and all that other shit, like it's just like, bro, that ain't gangster. Like I, no. I don't, I, I, I don't know what to qualify it as for <laughs> real. But it's just like it's such a juxtaposition of how he puts himself on record and kind of mm-hmm. like out in the open. Like I've never seen like a personal sit down interview with him outside of like maybe the Breakfast Club. 
Mm-hmm. So like, and so like, I feel like all rappers when they're on the Breakfast Club, except for a few of them, after a certain amount of time, they all are just kind of like them, like the the what they portray. They act how they portray yeah. on the Breakfast Club. Now I have, and it's it's like certain interviews with certain individuals where you know you're actually going to get like the real deal, like about that person, and it's not going to be any of the bullshit that they that they tend to put out in in everyday life for their for their image. So, um, but going off of that, this album is a very good album and it's, it's very, very gangster gangster heavy. (laughs) Oh yeah. From Um, the very beginning, um, you know, I feel like it's, it's like you said, obviously gangster music to his core from 2003. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, 2005, 2005. Okay. 2004 actually. We're both. Okay. Okay. We can both be but we're both wrong. We both wrong. But nonetheless, it's that era of music, you know what I mean? And for me, like I just it just reminds me of, you know, when Get Rich or Die Trying came out. Uh-huh. And then shortly after is when this came out. And look, man, if if you was in middle school or high school at the time, G Unit was running shit in two thousand in the early to mid two thousands. Like uh-huh. that's just the reality of things. Um, especially when the game came out. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just thought it was a huge deal because, again, 50 Cent was the biggest thing since sliced bread in fucking yeah. 2004. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so um, it was just interesting to see somebody else under his wing, and it just so happened that it was somebody who could really rap. So, But let's go ahead and jump into this album, uh, the documentary about the game. Uh, of course, we're going to always talk about the first track, but since this album is so fucking long, I mean, it's 18 tracks long, definitely a product of the, the early 2000s. Uh, For sure. We're not going to go through uh, track by track simply because it's going to take too long. <clears throat> we could literally be here for like an hour and a half, two hours. Oh, um, yeah. So we're just going to talk about our favorite tracks from it and some of the really good ones, and then we'll then we'll talk about a couple of the ones that we didn't like, if there are any on there that we don't like. Um, and of course, give our little analysis at the end about uh, what we thought, and then you know, well, you guys know how this goes. You've been here before. Yeah, I've been here before. <laughs> yeah, I know how this shit go, man. But we gonna go ahead and dive right in. Um, should we talk about the first? Well, I guess it's, it's an intro. But yeah. Um, um, so yeah, so this is just the intro. It's actually a pretty neat little intro. I, I think it's it, it kind of sets up the album, and it definitely has 2003 written all over it because the, this type of intro where it kind of like leads up to you know, what the artist's name is or, you know, little play on words type of shit, type of intros. Um, that, I feel like is definitely, you know, early to mid-2000s thing right there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, it's, um, it's, it's it, the, well, this intro is very, very hype building. And the spoken intro is kind of cool, you know. Uh, it has a very, very building beat. So it kind of makes you, like, kind of anticipate like want to anticipate what's going on what was going to happen what's going to happen next if i can talk tonight um <laughs> but uh it definitely leads into a really dope joint west side story so that intro leads into the second track which is west side story i really do love this beat it has a really it's a, i think this is a really good start to the album you know how important uh we look at that um, for sure it's very, very West Coast. So obviously, you know that Dre was the one that produced this joint. Um, and it gives like, you know, he talks like basically like early life story within a few bars uh, in the first verse. It has a really dope chorus and his lyrical ability is a one on this. But we're going to talk about his his flow as this goes by, because I, I don't want to get to it yet. But this is one of the better flows that he actually had where he was actually kind of like switching it up a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, actually, I'm going to say it now. He has a tendency to kind of like flow exactly the same. It's not as egregious as like the baby or that uh, CJ guy that we we, we uh, looked at a little while ago. But mm-hmm. like he definitely has a tendency to kind of rhyme in the same. What is that? What is that called? Um, the cadence same cadence. Rhyme, rhyme, rhyme. Yeah. A lot, a lot of the same cadence. But the thing that really I don't think a lot of people realize it when sometimes it's the same cadence as another song is because he he can fucking rap and just use the different words in there and make it sound different a little bit. So right. like, but that's, that's one thing uh, we'll talk about later as it goes on. But I really do fuck with West Side Story. I think it's a great intro track for this joint. No, same, same. Uh, first of all, I think the beat just, 
it screams out uh, like it should have been on uh, Get Rich or Die Trying. Uh, it, it, it sounds like the same drums of uh, In the Club, kind of. Yeah. Like, 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 like. Obviously, both songs were produced by Dre, uh-huh. so I could kind of see why that happened. And I, w- I guess what I'm trying to say is, I wouldn't be surprised if those two beats were in the same like session or whatever. Like they were produced yeah. all at the same time because they really sound very similar to me. Um, like you said, it's a very upbeat, very in your face type of joint. And obviously, Fifty Cent had to be on it because you know. He's all over this joint, if we're being honest. Of course. And see, 50 Cent was basically G-Units Puffy. like, And people don't really realize that. But, I mean, he really is. Because, I mean, look at how many videos he was in for other people. And it was, honestly, it was really egregious with the game. You think so? I don't think he wasn't in as many songs, especially when they first came out as as Banks or or, or, um, Young uh, Young Buck. Yeah, no, actually, you're 100% right. And and, and it might have been right because... Realistically speaking, the game, you know, is a better rapper as far as his ability than them. But yeah. also the fact, right, that at the time, New York rap was kind of, you know, was what was popping at the yeah, time. that's true. And, you know, the West, because, you know, for a lot of, like, because he, he mentions, uh, the game mentions this a lot in this album, which he's saying that the West Coast is back. Now, obviously, you know, they had, you know, their, the 90s, a lot of, a lot of, uh, prominent artists or whatever came from the West. But if we're being honest, for a long time, there really wasn't a really big popping artist from the West Coast. Yeah. Especially through that time, like the early two thousands or whatever. <laughs> so I, I think uh I think he definitely, you know, you could say that the game was definitely a part of the, of the West being back for sure. Oh, no, no doubt. Like we we've said it before at one point and it wasn't too long ago we were talking about the game for whatever reason. But the game definitely had the West Coast on his back. He was literally the only active West Coast rapper mm-hmm. for a long time. And yeah. And it was like it was like what, Snoop before him and then and then him. So No, yeah, one hundred percent. And again, uh you you just reminded me what my point of that was. But um pretty much that I guess that might be why fifty cent was putting so much time and effort into game's career. Because he knew deep down that, you know, game was you know gonna blow up to be who he, even who he is today mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's just funny that we still see these guys uh getting at each other on instagram on social media or whatever so uh the pettiness never dies so you gotta love that. even after apparently squashing the beef exactly but let's go on to a, a song that i like which happens to be the next song which is number three dreams mm-hmm. now um th- uh, this was one of the first uh, game songs that I remember listening to, uh, I guess back in 04, 05 or whatever. I remember I wasn't allowed to listen to rap, and th- this is one of the songs that I kind of snuck into my into <laughs> my mix little mix CD or whatever. And uh, and yeah, I don't know. I, I just I loved the song back then, and I loved it even more now. Um, I I never really understood exactly um, how the song relates to. Um, his his shout out at the end of the song where he shouts out um uh venus oh, and Serena, yeah. uh, the sister who got killed like i mean you know great that that he dedicated a song to her but i just kind of tried listening to the song even more in depth to see if it was relating in any way to to, to her you know getting killed and um i mean i don't know i didn't really pick up on anything but i guess it might have just been like a you know, this is a song that I made and I dedicated it to you, you know, but typically I, w- I was expecting to hear something in the song, maybe referencing that or maybe yeah. in, a, in, a, in a way kind of, you know, pointing at that. But um, nonetheless, uh, I love this song. I love the beat. Kanye killed this joint. Um, one of and, and again, it's just so funny that um, I feel like it was such a early 2000s things to mention your producer. <laughs> yes. Uh, in in the hook or like in the somewhere in the verse, you know what I mean? It was Shout such out a thing. the whole record label for real, because he does that basically throughout this entire album. Yeah, oh one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's like I'm cool with on a couple songs, but every damn song, nigga, you shouting out. I mean, I feel like Dre got shouted out on every song. Like, oh, I, he might have. But you know, Fifty gets shouted out. Lloyd G-Unit. Banks, all of G Unit, Eve, Busta Rhymes. Like and then and then of course the the 
the actual song, the documentary, he shouts out all the artists that comprise yeah. the albums of the chorus. So, yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, man, I, I, I you know, I didn't realize that until right now when you said that, but you're 100% <laughs> right. This nigga definitely was on a shout out tour. Goddamn shout out albums. Hey, again, 2003 or 2000, mid 2000s. No bull, but yes, Dreams is a very good song. It's an incredible beat with it, with the vocal sample. Again, Kanye just kills it, um, with with this with the with the sampling game. Um, again, lyrically great song, good chorus. Um, simple simple chorus though. I like that though, mm-hmm. and it basically just goes through a line of like the timeline of hip hop for real, like. Like yeah. it, it just talks about like you know everybody here Easy E coming up at this point all these other people and I mean yeah it's all these people who had a dream to be successful to be what they became yep. so it's good that it that it ties in but again my man needs to chill out with the shout outs dog that <laughs> just out of fucking control game and it's just like it seems like he's like the little brother that finally got to hang out with the big brother and his big brother's friends. And so mm-hmm. he's trying to like use all like, he's trying to talk about all the famous people he knows that can make him look and sound cooler. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's what, yeah. the, that's the energy that I'm getting from a lot of uh, like, you know, the, the simple amount, the sheer amount of shout outs that are on this thing. Hey, Hey, you know what? To be fair, it was his first album. So it was, we kind of have, we have to give him a little bit of consideration in that yeah. regard. Yeah. But, but, but you know, and and and, and right. I would say that you know I've I've listened to uh, game projects. As a matter of fact, I, I want to say we might have even reviewed other game projects in the past. I think we might have. Uh, Jesus piece, I think we reviewed. I think so. Sounds familiar, but nonetheless, I agree, man. That this song was great, but um, yeah, let's let's go on to the next one. All right, uh, the next one I'm going to go to is actually the next song, number four, "Hater mm-hmm. to Love It." Classic song, first song on the album. Uh, very infectious chorus, as we all know, because we've all sung it a million times. One hundred percent. At 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 the top, what is it? At the peak of our, uh, I don't I don't know what the saying is, but we've all sang this extremely loud while drunk. Oh sure. yeah, of course, of course. I had always kind of wondered why, and I wrote this down right now. And I had always kind of wondered why Fifty Cent had the first verse when it was Game's album. Mm-hmm. But per our conversation that we had probably about five minutes ago. Yep he introduced him into the new market and it was just more palatable i think to go after game with him on a track introducing yeah. him blah 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 so there you go makes sense question answered uh, yeah. <laughs> uh games verse uh games verses on this joint are definitely better than 50s and that's something that has always stood out to me so yeah, um, i mean I, I i would say yes right but i still feel like 50s verse on here is pretty dope. Like even like the way he starts it off, growing up I was confused. My mama kissing the girl, confusing the daddy, growing up in the cold world, something. Uh, yeah. Probably I come in. Although fast. starting that, with that for me back in, the, especially back in the day, I was like, where did that come from? Like, like usually when you say some shit like that, there's like a preface to it, where it's like, you know, like there's a reason that he's talking about his mom's out here kissing girls and stuff like that. It was just like, all of a sudden he just kind of says it out loud, and it's just like. I always thought that was a little bit strange, but maybe that's just me. I want to say, and I don't know when the movie Get Richard I Trying came out, but I think he does like talk about that part uh, about his mom, whatever, you know, messing with girls or whatever. Uh, and I, I guess that just adds to just, you know, his, his life being kind of wild or whatever, growing up or whatever, aside from the actual fact that, you know, him living on, um, uh, in a bad neighborhood yeah. or just in a bad environment nonetheless. But going back to what we were talking about, uh, I, I I dug both uh, both of them on this joint. Like you said, the hook is one of the – this is one of them songs that if you want to, like, play in the gym or just get motivated to do some shit, this is definitely that joint because everything from the beat, like to the little uh, – I think it's like the little trumpets playing in the background on the sample. The, yep, mm-hmm. It just has a very like, I don't know, a very I don't even know what word to use, but just a great song. Probably, arguably, both Fifty and uh, and Games one of their biggest songs. You know what I mean? Definitely in the top five for both of them, I would say. Oh, for sure. And again, great, great song. And again, it was written by Fifty for the most part. So again, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a a joint that Fifty had stashed away. And like you said, he was like, you know what? 
let, let, let's get the new kid on the joint and let's rock out. There you, sound, so. there you go. It's, sounds like a great plausible, 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 plausibility, plausibility. Plausibility. I, I think know. I think that's the right I word. Think Nonetheless, is plausibility a word. Plausibility is a word. Yes. Oh. Huh. Well, I don't know if it fits there, but yeah, we, that's uh, the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all know about that song, "Hate It, Love It." Obviously, classic with mm-hmm. a capital C. So we're gonna move on to the next song, a song that, uh, ironically enough, happens to be the next one, <laughs> which is number five, and it's higher. Again, I gotta say, written by Fifty Cent. Now that's at least the hook. I don't know if he wrote his verses, but. Um, if you listen to this song, 150% everything from the beat to the fucking hook, how it sounds, how he makes his voice. Nigga, you could easily plug in 50 Cent into uh, into this song, and it would sound exactly the same. No, you're right. Absolutely 150%. Even to the, to the, even to the flow style, it's, it's just 50. You can just tell it. Um, I mean, I like the song. I like It's not one of my favorite songs on the album, though. But I've always fucked with the song, and it's very, it's very fucking, um, you know, it's kind of like a hard driven. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, I, I really like this one, and it was actually a song that I either skipped back in the day, or but I had actually not heard the joint. Like I might have heard it a couple times, but it wasn't a song that I really listened to. Yeah. Uh, until right now, and honestly, it's one of my favorite joints on, on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the joint is, like you said, is very. Uh, like energetic, it has like a different, it has like a different style to it for sure. Yep. And I feel like this is around the time where Fifty Cent started doing like the weird, like electronicy sounding beats. Yeah. You know I mean? Uh huh. And I feel like this is kind of in that in that wheelhouse right there. But uh, nonetheless, I thought this joint was dope. Another uh, feather in Fifty's cap for writing another vicious song for somebody else. Um, but yeah, but I, I'll still say that I do think that game uh, did it justice, and you still have to perform the song. You still have to sound good, regardless, even if it's somebody else that right wrote it for you. So I thought this one was dope. All right, and I guess we're just gonna keep on going because the next one we're gonna talk about is the next track <laughs> on there, number six, uh, "How We Do." Of course, yes. again featuring Fifty Cent. It's just again, this cl- there's nothing I can say about the song that's bad for real. It's vicious, and the chorus is so vicious. Um, I, I like that it's it's an interesting way that they split the first verse uh, between the two of them. Um, kind of mm-hmm. like Hate It or Love It also. Um, yeah. And this is one of those songs, which is why I believe all like so many people thought that the game, it was shocked that when they found out Game left G-Unit because of songs mm-hmm. like this and shit like that, where he was, you know, he was very working with 50, very praising 50, blah, blah, blah. And then it was just like one minute you turn around, you're like, oh, shit, what the fuck just happened? Like, 50's all over your fucking album, so you're just not going to perform now? Like, what the fuck is going right. on? But again, classic track, classic beat. I fucking love this song. I don't think, I don't really think anybody's got anything bad to say about it except for the fact that they probably got sick of hearing it back in the day because it used to get spun so often. Listen, man, this, again, is another one of those songs that's probably top five biggest songs for both of these guys because this is like a back-to-back thing between Hater Love and How We Do. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when this song came out, like I said, I was probably in middle school or something, and it was like the biggest shit ever, dog. Like, it was a huge fucking song. Yeah, and, and it's a dope song, the little piano in the background to the little, uh, just the, all the instrumentation that's used on this joint. Just a really dope beat. I'm assuming produced by Dr. Dre. Yeah. But uh yeah, man. Fucking Dr. Dre, man. Just that classic 50 cents. That classic 50 cent line. I put Lamborghini those on that escalade. <laughs> Just uh-huh. the way he said it. <laughs> no, 100 percent classic line right there. But yeah, like you said, <laughs> we don't gotta say too much about this joint. Mm-hmm. It's a classic, but we had to touch base with it. For so sure. We gonna go on to the next joint, but um, I'm a, I'm gonna go to this joint because I know you probably gonna want to talk about this joint, and it's number nine, <laughs> which is, <laughs> and it's put you on game, produce. Let me let me tell you what I wrote when I when, when I wrote this shit down. Put you on game. Dot dot dot. In all caps, whack ass Timbo beat. Wow. Sounds super early. That's only hard. What are you talking about, dog? Look, dog. Sounds super early 2000s. I mean, totally it is. a sign of the time. 
I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But what I'm, what I'm, my point in saying that, right, and my point in in that being an argument against it, right, is that shit is supposed to sound good, like timeless, timeless music. People who are revered as such, uh, such as Timberland, who a lot of people, such as yourself, puts them up on a pedestal of producers. You know what I mean? I feel like there's other producers who their sound survived, I guess, history better than Timberlands. That's my whole point. Well, I, I can give you that because and one of the things I think about that is because Timberland decided to branch out and like work with like rock bands and shit and do all type of extra weird shit where most people, when they're producers, they just kind of like stayed in their craft and, and kept right. going with it and then, you know, let it change That's that true. way. It was just a significant jump in the style of music that he was doing in like the mid to like late 2000s, you know what I'm saying? Up to like 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think that this beat was really dope. I mean, it's definitely more of a hip hop beat for him. And it's definitely a, a kind of, a, it's kind of a West Coast sounding beat. But at the same time, if it hadn't been for Timberland going, go hit. Go <laughs> you may not even know it was a Timberland beat. You know what I'm Come on, bro, dog. I knew this is dog. I just knew this was a Timberland. But beat. you just hate but, Timberland too, so you know. It's so funny how whether you hate or love somebody, if you do one of those two, you're gonna know everything about that person. Yeah, that's and, very fucking true. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I, I will be, I will shamelessly admit that that is me with Timberland and his beats, dog, because <laughs> I know this man's beats without having to know them dog and i don't know man i just feel like everything about this song i just wasn't a fan of the hook kind of was like kind of corny sounding baby we get back and get that and drugs that when it means that let me put you all gay like it just sounds super like not like modern dog i don't know i mean i don't really know how to come at that because I mean, I, I don't think it sounds any different than most of the hooks on this joint for real, so. Nah, dog, but the Timberland beat just made it worse, dog. That's why. That's just that's you. The... That's just this inner, the inner hatred that's deep within you <laughs> is now shining bright because you got to try, you got a chance to talk about Timberland in a negative way. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, you know who's, who's second on this list, though, low key, and I think you might agree with this to a certain degree? Who? Swiss Beats. Oh, Swiss Beats would be number one. What do you mean? None of Swiss Beat stuff like stands the test of time because it all sounds like fucking uh, what was that shit called Fruity Loops, dog. Dog, it sounds like that nigga just pressed a whole bunch of like buttons on this Fruity Loop shit. Yes, and and whatever sounds uh came up on that shit, he just said fuck it. It's all good. Throw it together, rap on that. Yeah, would be a hit. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> You're rapping um, over fucking trash cans hitting the ground and all kinds of stupid ass effects and shit. But well, for me, I I just I love the beat of this joint. I love this song. It's one of my favorite songs in the album. One of the things that I've noticed, and I started to notice it on this song, is the amount of times that he brings up Big and Pac. Yeah. Oh yeah. For it's, sure. It's it's a lot to the point where I had to actually make a note of it on this song, and this is track nine. But he did have a good flow for what it was throughout the rest of this track. But I mean, this is pretty much you know like it's it's the it's the prototypical party song for you know people on their albums from back in the day you have to have the joint that's for the females you got to have the party song that can get played online or on on the on the radio you know you have to have whatever whatever else requirements were the requirements back in the day for what Mm -hmm. what you had to have to have a complete album so um i could definitely see this this being one of those joints but at least i think it was a good version of that and this joint was pretty fucking popular it used to go off in the club and shit like that like shit so I feel like it was pretty popping, right? Because I, I was trying to think, was this song like popping back in the oh, day? Oh yeah, this joint it was just, right? just used to slap, bro. Yeah, no, nah, it, it it definitely does sound like it used to slap back in 03. <laughs> oh, but yeah. um, but yeah, go ahead, go on to the next. Track. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and scoot on over to number eleven, the documentary, the title track. I mm-hmm. really, really love the beat on this joint, and I love the way he was able to use all the album names in order to make oh, yeah. the chorus. At first, I thought it was a little bit corny, but like I feel like the longer I've listened to it, the more I've come to really like respect how he was able to put all that together and yeah. you know, and not make it sound kind of contrived or like he was trying too hard. Because the chorus... <coughs> excuse me, the chorus just kind of goes, you know what I'm saying? No, I agree. 
I agree. I thought that shit was dope. Him, like you said, putting together. I'm not going to name all of them, but Snoop Dogg, Nas, Dr. Dre. Ice Cube. Uh, Ice Cube, Tupac. And then his uh, own joint. <laughs> and then his own joint at the end, yeah. So I thought I thought that shit was dope. Like you said, it, 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 in its in its core, it is a little corny, right? But when you look at everything and how the song is comprised, I think it, it kind of makes sense uh, in the mix of the song. Yes. So, but it also leads to the um, the excessive amount of shout outs again that mm-hmm. are on this album. It's like again, it's like he felt he had to shout out everyone to make it a successful album so that everyone would like him. Bro, he even shouted out Mary J. Blige on this joint, mm-hmm. and not and not in the song that she's on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, but, you know, again, the shout outs. I love a shout out, but damn, bro, like you could you could have saved that for like the outro track where you know everybody's I'm listening. Saying, <laughs> I'm saying, which is another uh, 2002 trope. Oh yeah, but, and 90s joke for real. No, dog, that is 100. <laughs> so much so, I think just 90s music in general, because I feel like I remember listening to a couple Spanish albums with my parents growing up, and the last song was definitely like the the peace out song. Shout out to everybody. Shout mm-hmm. out to the band. Shout out to whatever the fuck. It was that, and, or uh, it was the prayer. Like somebody would give like a prayer. Uh huh. Like, oh say a prayer man. Or you know something something. And... 100. <laughs> Guarantee there was a prayer in there in 2001. Especially but, if it was DMX. Uh, <laughs> oh, you better you better bet on it for sure. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no uh, documentary. That was a, a dope song. He uh he had a part in the song where he kind of like addressed or he he, he played a, a a skit or a small part of a, of a, I'm assuming of an interview where they asked him, "Hey, was was this part where you getting at Jay Z?" And then he was like, "Nah, I was getting at Ja Rule." Yada yada yada. Yeah. And he pretty much. You know, use part of this song to address. I- I'm assuming Jay and and Game might have had some kind of beef back then. I mean, I don't know, mm-hmm. but it-, it seems like that was the case for him to kind of address it in the song. But yeah, I thought I thought the drum was dope. Like you said, the beat was dope. The beat was very interesting and just overall creative with the hook. And I, I thought the song overall was dope for sure. Bad. So let's go on to. 15 where i'm from okay featuring nate dog now i thought this joint was a dope kind of switch up you know what i mean you know obviously you gotta love when you see nate dog on there you know that it's gonna be some chill vibes for sure mm-hmm. you know what i mean typically when you see nate dog unless he's on the eminem song but <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah i thought this joint was dope you know pretty much talking about him you know traveling all over the world and knowing all different all different things, all different blocks, all different whatever. But you know where the fuck he from. He from Compton. He from L.A. You know, he's repping the West Coast. So I thought this joint was definitely a dope, chill song. One of the more uh, kind of just chill songs on the joint. And I really like this joint. I fuck with it, too. I, I Again, I, it's just another one of those examples of where his flow was kind of non-changing. It was just kind of the same linear flow across it. Still vicious lyrically. The beat vicious lyrically. Nate Dogg kills the chorus. Nate Dogg, everything about Nate Dogg on this song made this song better in my opinion. Like, I don't think it would be as great of a song if it didn't have Nate Dogg on it. And that's just my personal opinion. Listen, dog, if you made music up until the point where he died and you were a West Coast artist and you made like a chill joint with a singing hook and you didn't have Nate Dogg doing it, my nigga, you, you did that song wrong. You okay? failed. <laughs> you failed, nigga. You played yourself. You yep. played all of the West Coast. Because, look, dog, I ain't trying to hear no cookout sounding rap joint, West Coast rap joint, if Nate Dogg isn't singing the hook, dog. I'm just saying. Blessed. So, but, yeah, no, I, I thought this one was really dope. Like I just mentioned, I feel like it's kind of like something that you can kind of play like at a cookout or some chill shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a really dope joint. And uh, again, for the third time, shout out to Nate Dogg. Yes, sir. And then the last one I wanted to talk about is going to be the actual last song on the album. Um, now, I kind of go back and forth because I really like this song as the ending song because it's probably the most peaceful song and the most oh, yeah. vulnerable sounding that game sure. sounds on this entire album. And the flow is changed up and it just lets you, it lets you, 
I mean, we we hear him talk about shooting up and gangster shit, blah blah blah, the whole time. But we mm. don't really hear him talk about anything like this. And he's talking about his feelings and talking about his son being born and how it affected him and blah blah blah. That that's really really fucking vicious aspect of this song. That's why yeah. I think it's the best part to have it on the end of the album. The thing yeah. I don't like about it is my man Busta Rhymes singing the fucking hook. <laughs> Was that him? That was Busta singing the hook. And I don't know why they had Busta just on there singing the hook. There was not a reason for it. You're lying. Because it's not good. Like, he doesn't sing it well. Like, it's terrible. Like, not terrible, but I mean, it's bad. It's, 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 I, I, you know, 50 could have done better on it. Game could have done better on it. We've heard them both do it before. They could have got any number of little, like, little high yellow niggas from the 2000s with that hat cornrows. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was 100%. a bunch of, you know, he could have had anybody come in and do that, but they chose to just have Buster Rhymes do it. First <laughs> of all, it was done badly. Second of all, it's a waste of using Buster Rhymes. If yeah. you're going to have Buster on a track, let the nigga flow. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Dog, you know what's funny? So I see it here now. It does say featuring Buster Rhymes. And I I don't know. I guess I didn't see it when I was listening to it. But yeah, dog, that's fucking weird, dog. Mm-hmm. I did not know that was Buster Rhymes. Yeah, man. And it's always kind of like, it, I don't I don't remember if it struck me as hard because I feel like, and we'll get into this after we start talking about the final thoughts, but like, mm-hmm. I this is one of those albums that I liked, but I definitely listened to the front half of this album more than I listened to the back half. Uh oh yeah no one hundred percent now I will say that there are a couple songs towards the end that I do like and do have some uh listening uh listen listenability I guess is the right word to say mm-hmm. um but let me just talk about some of the songs that um well I guess I'll talk about one more song that I did fuck with yeah go ahead. which is number number sixteen mm-hmm. uh special feature Nate Dog I thought the beat on that joint was really really dope I just I thought the 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 sample or whatever little guitar thing in the background I was playing that he chopped up I thought that that was really dope and again I thought that Nate Dogg's part was really dope too you know what I mean I thought the hook was fucking amazing and also written by Curtis Jackson (laughs) aka 50 Cent so um, yeah I thought number 16 was dope I thought again most of all the beat and, and and this is you know your typical like you were saying you have to have X, Y, and Z on the album. You have to have the girl song. You have to have the party song. This is definitely the I'm a gangster, but I'm in love with this bitch, and mm-hmm. I don't want to. I want. I want to show that I'm in love with this bitch song. Yep. That's literally what this song is, and uh, it, it, it followed that uh, that outline or blueprint to a T. Very much. All right. Well, since we talked about what we liked about this album, let's talk about a couple of things that we didn't like, and I'm gonna go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and say, which one? All right. Uh, I will go ahead and say number 14, We Ain't Featuring Eminem. Hey, Eminem hate. Let's go. <laughs> Not that it's a terrible song, but the beat sounds like another beat, and I just can't put my finger on it. Nigga, say it what? sounds like, let me tell you what that beat sounds like, because I wrote this shit down. Okay. And I, dog, it sounds like okay first of all typical sounding Eminem beat yeah and then I wrote I realize every single time an artist features Eminem in the song in the early to mid 2000s the beat was Eminem-esque type beat like it like they never rap on a beat that caters to the person whose song it is because even if you remember uh the song with 50 Cent the I've been patiently waiting and I don't know yeah I think like, like, dog, it's an Eminem type of beat. And I feel like this is exactly what that is. Um, Bruh. It, you're right. Because think about Renegade with Jay-Z. Yeah. I'm trying to tell you. And that's Jay's song. And it's Jay's song. Wow. And I'm sure if we go down Yo, the list, we'll find even more. the Missy jump. Wow. Mind blown right now, dog. Right? Mind that shit blown. blew my mind, too, when I, when I fucking realized it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But okay, I'm, um, I'm not a fan of the chorus of this song at all. Um, I just think it's very simple and it was unimaginative compared to everything else that was on this album. Yeah, um, and lyrically, like Eminem's lyrical dexterity is awesome. And I'm again, I'm never gonna like not give him his flowers for his yeah. ability to be able to rap and change up his flow and you know just the the clinical rapping 
ness mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. motherfucker is ridiculous. But like, I just it seems to. I just I he seems to like it's it was just it's a very strange it's I always feel like especially like early Eminem at that point it's always kind of strange to listen to songs with him and other people because like you said now that I notice it the beats always cater towards M mm-hmm. and he always raps a certain way on all of these songs that while it's good it's just it sounds kind of strange yeah and his rapping exactly on this joint is a one. <laughs> But it just doesn't mesh all the way. And I cannot, I don't know how to describe what I hear. You know what I'm saying? It just, it's, it's like, I don't even, I don't, I just don't know how to explain it. Like, it just does not seem to mesh very well with the rest of this song. Dog, I think you just explained it perfectly because I feel the same exact way about every time I hear fucking Eminem rapping, it's just like, dog, like you're fucking amazing at rapping. But this shit right here just isn't fucking hitting, dog. Mm-mm. Like it's just not like sounding like pleasant to my ears, dog. Right. And, it's and it's again, like I'm the nigga gonna... was in the kitchen but forgot to put salt in in the mix. You know what I'm saying? Before he decided to serve it up. You know what I'm saying? One hundred percent. Like one hundred percent. And I don't get that. And honestly, I kind of get that feeling nowadays. Sometimes when he does stuff with other people, like it's it's almost like he's like not trying as hard as he normally would. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. I agree 100%. Um, let me go on to a joint, though, that I wasn't the biggest fan of. And I'm sorry, man, but I'm going to have to go with number 17, featuring your girl, Mary. That's okay, because uh, it's on my list, too, dog. Dog. <laughs> Mary, okay, Mary tried all, to save that song. <laughs> she tried. She tried, dog. But it, just the idea of that song is just crazy. But... um. So, all right, so I, I wasn't the biggest fan of this song because mainly, again, it's such another, like, gangster early 2000 rap trope to make a song where the guy is fucking in jail and the girl's holding him down. And uh, that's mm-hmm. pretty much what this song follows. And you have Mary talking about, you know, her friend saying that she should leave him and that, you know, but she's going to hold it down because that's pretty much what this song is about. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, man. Obviously, you have the Mary shout out from Game because it w- <laughs> wouldn't be a early two thousands rap song without you shouting out your feature, especially yep. if it's a girl. But yeah, man, it, it was just a very like this song could have been like a hundred times better. When you, when I see both of these artists now, my main thing about it is that okay, Mary is already singing on it, right? But there's parts in that beat where the beat hits like a flat note for like mm. no reason. And Mary has to, like, try to compensate her voice for that. And every time it happens, it just sounds weird. It sounds like she's, like, really trying to pitch adjust, like, and it's not working correctly. And Mm. it just throws that part of the song off. And this is one of those songs where it's, like, it's obvious that, like, she's singing, like, lyrics that somebody wrote. Like, it's not, like, in a pentameter for an actual singer to be singing, to, like, actually Mm. sing. It's more like the sing rapping that we've come accustomed to nowadays. Yeah. Um, and that also does not fit Mary, in my opinion. Like, Mary has to be able to show off her voice. Like, the old singers of late, you know, like, to, for her to do that type of stuff, I don't think that's good for her. Again, <clears throat> it's not a horrible song, but I just think that it's hard to listen to, especially if you're, if you focus in on the sounds of someone's voice and shit like mm-hmm. that, and plus, if you're really, really into beats, because they just go against each other. They really do great against each other on this. Yeah. So, like, I, I get what Mary was trying to do, and I under and I you I could hear you, girl. I heard you, girl. You tried your best <laughs> to do what 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 they were trying to ask you to do, but what they were trying to ask you to do was almost an impossible feature because it's like you just can't be singing, you know, on your regular shit and then just hit a flat note out of nowhere and expect it to sound great. And it's like you know, mm-hmm. like it's just not gonna work. Nah, facts, facts. So I yeah, agree. I agree. Seventeen. Uh, uh, nah. <laughs> Um, I'll go ahead and do one more. Um, honestly, I was not a fan of running number 12 with, uh, Tony Yayo. First of all, I thought Tony Yayo's voice was really, uh, his verse was really not that impressive. Game had, had some great bars on here. I'm not going to lie. Um, the beat to me, I, I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't, 
I'm maybe just bored of the way it sounded or whatever, but it's just not, it's not an, it doesn't keep me attached to it. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't keep my attention on it. And, but whoever Dion is, that motherfucker sang on that motherfucker. He sang his motherfucking ass off on that goddamn <laughs> chorus and that hook. So yes, I give it to him. Again, it's not a bad song, but the reason I really don't like it is because I feel like Tony Yayo's voice verse could have really just been ejected from the song and it would have been twice as good. You know, it's funny because uh, when I first heard, I guess, this beat, it was Styles P rapping over it for a mixtape that he did. Oh, Around Maybe like a year or two after. And that's the beauty of mid-30 <laughs> to mid-rap is that you would think that that was the original song. Yep. Until you actually hear the original song, and you're like, what the fuck? So that's pretty much what happened here for me. I initially heard the Styles P version. So I knew the hook already, the... I want my own destiny. If you got it, I'm going to take Because I had yep. already heard the Styles P joint, and I love that joint. So I already was like, okay, this joint is tough. So I was already predetermined, predisposed to like this song, I feel, <laughs> because I already like the Styles P joint. And the beat, to me, is fucking ridiculous to me. I think it's a really, really dope beat. Um, Honestly, to me, it kind of sounds like some halloween shit, man. Nah. I don't think so. I, I don't know. Mm. I, I thought it was really dope. I really like the sample, and I like the the singing on it. I, th- I think the singing, like you said, whoever was singing on on the hook, fucking killed it. Very very soulful singing. You exactly. know what I mean? I thought that joint was dope. All Me. right, all right. Well, that go- brings us to the end of what we're going to talk about for the review of uh, the documentary by the game. But you know how we like to do? We like to get down and talk about our 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 final thoughts on this album. So, sir, what are your final thoughts? Listen, man. I picked this album because I just remember when the game came out, uh, you know, early or mid 2000s or whatever, mm-hmm. and it was just a big deal. And uh, I wanted to listen to this album as an adult now because a lot of these songs I haven't listened to in what shit almost what 15 something years now yeah. since the song came since the album came out, and or even longer. And I, I do think that while a lot of the beats on here, a lot of the song structures. A lot of the cadences, a lot of everything that's on here, I would say doesn't stand the test of time. I know that we haven't done that in a long time in our yeah, reviews. I had it written down too. Hey, <laughs> but but uh, I do, you know, I do think that uh, regardless of that, I think this album is a very well done album. I think that uh, Game's rapping ability was shown early on in his career. Uh, he obviously had the help of two of the greatest producers in hip-hop history. Without uh, doubt. Uh, being, you know, uh, Dre and Kanye. So we, Oh, and, and Nigga, and Just Blaze with two songs on here. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Timberland. Yep. God damn. We had star-studded re- production on this motherfucker, man. Dog, that's five, like, all-star caliber uh Mount Rushmore esque type of producer. I'm saying like what this. the only person he missing is like DJ Premier. <laughs> I, and you know what? He might have. A, he might produce. He might have produced Running for all I know. Because that sounds kind of like a Premier beat in a way. Kind of possibly, yeah. But nonetheless, star studded all around features as well. But yeah, I, I thought I thought this joint, aside from it not standing the test of time, I thought it was a really solid album. I agree with you. Great album. I don't think that it stands the test of time either. Um. But also, I think that has a lot to do with just, like, kind of, like, the state of the morals of the wor- world today, if you want to say it. You know, like, the the whole wokeness. I don't, And I hate using that phrase like that. Yeah. But it's just mm-hmm. the easiest way to describe it. And, like, people just, yep. they wouldn't stand for some of the shit that he said for back in the day. Kind of like no. the same with Eminem and, 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 honestly, DMX. Because, you know, those motherfuckers were, were out of pocket back in the day. But it was fine mm-hmm. for that time frame. But now it's way out of pocket. Game yeah. was one of those people. So I definitely don't think it would stand the test of time. Um, I also decided I I had as many times as I've heard this album, it wasn't until we were going through this review process that I noticed that there was a lot of flow styles that were the same. And lyrically different, completely different from the next song, but for the most part, but the same fucking flow. I think it's something that we don't really look at when you're younger or at all unless it's just egregious like it is in the case of the baby um mm. especially when you like that artist yeah no so, that's true and when you're again when you're younger it's just not something that you're you're picking up on so i think that's something 
something that comes with time. You'll you'll notice it, especially going back as much as much music as we've listened to in the fifteen years since this album has come out. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna notice something, and you're gonna notice some shit that you didn't realize before. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, again, too many fucking shoutouts. Too many fucking <laughs> shoutouts. And again, like I said before, I think that the front half of the album is better than the back half. That yeah. could be debatable depending on who you are, but that's just my final thoughts. But I'm with you. for a score, I gave it an eight out of ten. I'll still give it an eight out of ten to this day because I still think that it's a great album, and it's it it's one of those albums. And again, it's like one of those albums that we kind of like where you have to listen to it more than once to get everything that's coming out of it, especially mm-hmm. because it's so fucking dense lyrically. Yeah, no, I agree, and I'm gonna go ahead and ride your coattail and say. 8 out of 10 as well. I go. thought that this joint uh, is a very, very solid album. Uh, again, does not stand the test of time as much mm-hmm. as one would like. Nope. But again, I think that it still speaks on the rapping ability, the production, obviously, with a lot of the art, uh, pro- producers we just named, that even if it doesn't stand the test of time, good music will kind of shine through. Yes. And you kind of have to kind of put yourself in 2004 or whatever. You know, you got to you gotta take out the 5X white tees and the jorts. The headbands, the jorts, the Air Force Ones. For sure. All right. Well, that brings us to the absolute end of the joint. But, you know, <laughs> we haven't done this in God knows how long. But we got suggestions this week for y'all. We're yes. taking it back. And um, listen, you know, it wouldn't be us. If we didn't start off with Baby Steps, so I'm not going to suggest an album or a show. I'm going to suggest a song. All right? There you go. There you go. Now, I'm, the reason I'm going to suggest this song is because I've legit been listening to this joint nonstop almost every fucking day, probably coming home from work on a train. And it's this <laughs> song called Underrated by, what the fuck is the nigga's name? Oh, yeah, Zoro Sama. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, Zoro Sama. It's a West Coast, super West Coast sounding uh, beat, but it fucking goes everything about this joint is tough and you should definitely check it out i think you should write this joint down and take this joint out group because i think you'll fuck with this joint right. it's definitely a high energy and yeah it's, it's one of my favorite songs that i listen to right now so okay. underrated by zoe or zoe osama i think it's zoe bitch i'm gonna write a switch lanes got it got it all right and y'all know me it's marvel season y'all oh the movies is coming out, y'all. Ho! And the newest one? Oh, Wakanda for life. Wakanda forever. forever, yes. Black Panther, Wakanda forever. Actually, a really dope movie, despite it's uh, like two hour and 40 minute runtime. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> but starting off, the, the first scene of the movie is just powerful as shit. Mm. And honestly, like, this is the first time that they've had a bad guy in the movie since Killmonger, but hey, same franchise, hey, where you really can understand where the person is coming from and why they're Mm. doing what they're doing, except for the fact that I think that he's like Killmonger on steroids. Mm. Not physically on steroids, but like attitude on steroids, because he's ready to go gangbusters out the gate. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just mm-hmm. ready to, like, murder motherfuckers as the absolute final solution as the first way to look at some shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the fact that the dude is powerful as fuck, like, it's like, okay, y'all are in some shit, because if this nigga wanted to, he could fuck y'all whole shit up. Just like so, <laughs> so, so, you know how you just said that, um, you feel like, just like Killmonger in the last one, and this one, you can kind of Maybe not sympathize for the for the villain, but you can kind of understand his you know his stance or whatever. Yeah. W- would you say that that's more on the comic book itself or the director, uh, in the sense that right, like, because if if that's what the comic the stance the comic book takes, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, if, does the comic book take that stance as well, or it because it, 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 I'd be interested in that. You know what I mean? Like, I would say no. Honestly, to make the bad guy more sympathetic, because usually the bad guys in comics are, are pretty linear. There's very few bad guys that I can think of where you can kind of see where they're coming from and 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 is root it Thanos, for them. Thanos is one of them, probably right. In the comics, no, but in the movies, yes. Oh, so that was that was a, a movie. A, it's thing, a, yeah, it's it? a difference in his characterization. 
Okay. Like Magneto is one of the characters, like one of the bad guys, where I can understand where he's coming from and why he does what he does for his motivations. Yeah. But at the same time, the nigga is like he can flip back and forth between being a good guy and a bad guy. It's kind of like uh, with Namor in this joint. Uh, uh, he can, he has the ability to to be a good guy when he wants to, but most of the time he's a dick and he's a bad guy. Yeah, gotcha, but like gotcha. Namor is on some other shit where it's just like he teams up with heroes just as much as he fights them niggas. Mm, oh, that's crazy. And he's then, like in the in in this joint they didn't make him as pompous and arrogant as they did in the comic books. In the in the comic books, this is the most arrogant motherfucker. Next to Doctor Doom, like Doctor Doom is like the epitome of arrogant niggas in Marvel comics, and Namor is like a step or two below him. I really, I wasn't him. Now, granted, I'm not. Uh, I don't. I've I've never really uh, looked at comics too much like that. But I didn't know Doctor Doom was like super arrogant. Like he was Dude, super like Doctor Doom will lose, and t- and like if you tell him that you lose, he'll kill you. Gotcha. But he'll just have gotten his ass roasted. Like I'm so sorry that you lost that, my lord. That nigga will kill you on point. Like all, right, Doom, all Doom is just he's but he's smart as fuck. So he kind of like sometimes, he, but he lets that be the downfall of himself for real. What what where would you rank him on uh, top uh, uh, Marvel villains? Oh, I would put Doom on top. He's number one, right? Doom Doom is is human. Doom has no superpowers. Doom was smart enough. <clears throat> to build a time machine before Reed Richards did, who's uh-huh. the smartest man in the Marvel Universe. Uh-huh. He was smart enough to fucking build that battle suit and all the armaments and shit with it. He's smart enough to have a legion of Doom robots that look exactly like his bitch ass. Yeah, so you never that. know when you actually fight in Doom or not. <laughs> and and they're programmed to be just as arrogant as he is. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Nigga yeah. got contingency plans on contingency plans on contingency plans for everything. And he's actually stolen like cosmic power from the silver surfer and other cosmic beams beings on more than one occasion and then had the absolute audacity to become adept in magic to the point where he's almost as good as Doctor Strange. God damn. Doctor Doom is a fucking beast. I'm sorry. Does he end up getting killed in the comic books? Doom gets killed a couple times, but he always comes back. Oh damn! <laughs> Plus, he rules his own country, much like much like Namor does. He rules uh-huh. like a, a small Eastern European country with an iron fist. But they love that nigga. There's like in oh, his country, shit. there's no crime, there's no poverty. Like yeah. his people love him, but everybody else in the world hates him. Damn. But Doom would be arrogant enough to like, okay, his country called Lavaria, right? Mm-hmm. Say Lavaria is right next to France, right? Mm-hmm. He would be smug enough to walk over to France. He'd be like, "This is my shit now, punk." <laughs> and, just, and that's just what it is and that's just what the fuck it is the French <laughs> would fight him and he would literally destroy the French army by himself yeah you know what I'm saying That's yeah. or, or he would orchestrate a plan to where no matter what the French did they couldn't do shit you know what I'm saying like, right. that's the type of nigga you gotta work you, you with on when it comes to Doom I know I'm, I'm on some shit hyping Doom right now but Dr. Doom if you don't know anything about him Dr. Doom is the baddest motherfucker in the Marvel Universe in my opinion I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm actually kind of intrigued because I've always kind of like somewhat like liked him on a surface level. Yeah, you know what I mean. But now that you just explain all that, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go look up some. Oh yeah, some, uh, dude, just Wikipedia Doom and read some of the shit that he's done. Though it's oh yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Oh, and the only reason he learned the magic was so that he could go fight the devil for his mother's soul, and he went every year until he <laughs> it was beaten every time, but still found a way to escape. The one time that he won his mother's soul back, he took, I think, Doctor Strange in with him to help him fight the, the devil and then yeah. betrayed Doctor Strange to the devil so that, like, basically the devil was like, well, if you <laughs> if you if you kill Doctor Strange or give him to me to kill, I'll free your mother's soul, whatever, whatever. He was like, push that nigga out the way. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. 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 I looked it up right here. It said Doctor Doom literally picked a fight with the devil. All day, like every year, I think it's every like, or maybe once every ten years, some shit like that. He he fucking goes after fucking the devil. Is I mean that's how arrogant this nigga is, dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah, I'm about to say Doctor Doom just disrespected the devil on his own on his own turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, that is awesome, dog. But yes, go. I, I know I went way off tangent, but if you haven't seen it yet, 
go watch Black Panther Wakanda Forever. It is an awesome movie. And I think it's the best movie in the current phase of movies that they've had so far, especially with the movies and the TV shows, because not all of them mm-hmm. have been great. This was great. There you go. All right, y'all. And with that being said, we're going to jump up out of here for this evening. Uh, you know what I like to say? Be good. And if you can't be good, at least be the best that you can be. Can't do that, man. Go make your mama proud, man. And if you can't do that, man, please, please, please. The sun is going down earlier. Daylight savings is over. Use them fucking turn signals so we can see your stupid ass. You goddamn right, y'all. All right, y'all. We love you. Wash your hands. Wash your ass. Take care of each other. We'll holler at y'all later. Peace. Peace. Peace.